Raisin Man Arena. One, two, three. Do you have aloe? Oh, okay. If you have aloe, then hit me up with that shit. We're, our voices are being heard right now. Hook me so up with that shit. That's right. Miss me with that shit. The audience is getting impatient and rowdy. Damn, we got true. eight viewers. We're starting ten minutes late. Damn. Do All right. I needed a nice cube in my coffee, folks. Fuck, and I now it's in. And I told Sam that in the future, don't hand me the coffee unless the ice cube's already been put in it. And that way, we all start on time. Uh, I wish I had a glass with ten ice cubes that I could eat over the course of the... All right. Good morning, Raisin Nation. Good morning. Good morning, Raisin Nation. It's Wednesday. Blah, 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 blah. It's February 2nd. And I just got my security... My social security card information fixed after three years of battling the Social Security Administration. Three years of bureaucracy. The Kafkaesque. The Kafkaesque social security system. I finally hacked it. And I got the information changed. You know what was wrong? What? My birth date. Number one, my birth date was wrong on it. Don't know what it don't know what birthday it said. On my social security card, no one would tell me. <laughs> you would call. Because you have to tell them. Yeah, and they don't, because they don't want any fraud to happen. So you call and you say, is my, so- is my birthday wrong? And they say, yes. Or no, they say, what's, well, tell me what's your birthday. And I go, this is my birthday. And then they go, yeah, it's wrong. And then I'd be like, can you tell me what it is? <laughs> and they would say, no, I can't tell you what it is on the card. Because like, then you might just start saying that. As your birthday, right? Exactly. Yeah. You'll get confused. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll yeah. For, yeah, I'll be like, yeah. well, if the social security card says they're it. telling me, yeah, that's funny. But anyways, huge that, W for Felipe. That pisses me off, you know, because in a, in a well functioning uh, empire, the bureaucracy should be efficient and smoothly run. Mm-hmm. You know, if we're if we have military garrisoning the globe. Uh, there shouldn't be any problems with people's social security numbers or social security cards. It should just be like, we've got a whole world to police. You know, we have countries to take I know, over. just watch me. Oh, there's so many police, I guess what I was going to say, is that they should just oh. keep an eye on me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, make sure you're right. being kept track of. You're saying if yeah. we're going to have... Guys with crew cuts living in Hong Kong. Man to man. Year round. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. exactly. Then I shouldn't have to go to the Social Security Administration for an hour. Yes. I was saying if we no. want to have a, a global empire, I yes. think we need to have the bureaucracy to back it up. And I'll say one final thing, which is that I, this is the story of how I, um, I arrived. I've been trying to get an appointment with him for three years. At first... Wow. Um, or maybe Three two years. years. But the <laughs> thing is, during COVID, they were closed. They weren't doing any anything. Um, so that was a whole year lost. And <laughs> it, it gets in the way of doing my taxes. That's the problem. Finally, I get this thing. I go. I'm standing. They still they have insane COVID protocol. Everyone's got to wear a mask. Six feet distance. There's dots on the ground that you have to stand on. To me, that's kind of insane because I go to bars all the time, you know. There's a woman. And then you were saying that to people in the line. Yeah, right <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to bars all the time. Yeah. Bars. <laughs> they don't have the dots yeah. at the bars. They <laughs> <laughs> have a dot at the bar. I'm leaving that bar. <laughs> and there's a woman in front of me, and she goes, and the and the social and the security guard comes out. He goes, "Do you have an appointment?" She goes, "Please, I'm moving next week. My son needs Please. a social oh. security to go to school. Oh. Please." And the guy's like. Look, that's what everyone says. Get your appointment. That's what everyone says. <laughs> she does not back down. She's like, please, I couldn't get on the phone. I couldn't get anyone on the phone. He goes, everyone else got on the phone. You just got to get <gasps> on the phone. She's like, I need this next week. My friend oh, came and they let her in. 
He goes, I don't know about your friend, but you don't have an appointment. And I felt bad because me think I was saying, I got an appointment. (laughs) I got mine. Get out of the way. Yeah. (laughs) She's so sad. I was so sad for her. They kick her out. They I go her up. Out. They dragged her out. Yeah. Kicked her out. <laughs> Where is this place? <laughs> I mean, they didn't kick her out. But Coney she, Island. But the guy said, I'm sorry. And she went, oh, fuck you. She was mad. She said that all. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's one of the most humiliating things that you see when you're at like the DMV. Totally. Or um, trying to get your Hertz rental car. It's like people begging desperately totally. begging and totally. then just like <laughs> some underpaid worker who like has to face this onslaught of human misery every single day yes. and just like tell them no there's too bureaucracy no. yeah yeah oh my god and you just have to bear witness uh-huh and <laughs> but bear witness with a little smile to myself because i thought lady <laughs> if you've been at this game for three years you'd know you need an appointment i've been calling <laughs> i've been calling for a long time and and finally and then the guy goes you got an appointment i was like yeah and he's like see you got an appointment and so then he was like patting me on the no, head basically no. he was he was like see not no. like her and i was like i was like yeah you're right sir <laughs> oh, wow yeah, that's guess. funny <laughs> and then I'll, I'll end the story but basically i finally go to the window and if you knew the like the obscure papers that i had like i had my parents like scrounge up my my birth certificate from argentina and go to the consulate to get it signed because it's not an original. Like wow. I had so many wow. papers in a little manila envelope. Like, wow, you were like any, asking for anything. Totally. <laughs> I have all the documentation. And even then, I give this woman the fucking shit. She's like, you got any other kind of ID? <laughs> and I thought, I thought this, this would drive me insane. Like if I wasn't prepared with all of my passports, my birth certificate, my naturalization certificate, like all of my papers... I would go ballistic because when that woman asked me, do you have any other ID? I was like, bitch, I've given you, I just gave you two of the, like the hardest to find pieces of paper <laughs> in, the, in the world. Yeah. And, and if that woman, if that woman who had wanted to be let in, if she had even gone past that security guard, the rigmarole, the, the horrific things that awaited her, she didn't get an appointment. I doubt that she even had, yeah. you know. She's at the gates of hell begging <laughs> to be let in. It's like, it's like you don't want to know what's on the other side of that door, lady, because no, if you don't have an no. appointment, you're not ready for what they're about to ask you. <laughs> oh, you, wow. you have a, a, a an Incan calendar yeah. <laughs> that shows when 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 you were born, when the stars were yes. born. Yeah. Wow. Good morning. Welcome to Raisin Man Arena. We're doing a deep dive into the American bureaucracy yes. today <laughs> why does it exist how yeah. does it help us and um what can we do how do we drain the swamp how do we drain the swamp? that's what that's when you like need your mom or your dad mm-hmm. there you know to I just know. be like this is my child yeah were you afraid that they would send you back to argentina <laughs> they deport me on the spot. The social security clerk is like, oh, he doesn't have enough proof of ID. Doesn't look right. Yeah. <laughs> they send you to a mine on another planet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at one point, at one point, she said, "Do you have any?" You know, I was like, I was like throwing out the IDs. You know, just flop, 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 library card. card. Yeah, just throwing card. them down. I was like, I got a, I got a New York City ID. And she and she's like, I need a uniform. And I was like, I have a passport from Argentina. And I swear to God, she was like, um, yeah, actually, I was like, motherfucker, you want a, you want an Argentine passport as part of like you would take that, but you wouldn't take this. It was insane. That's so funny. That's Jesus so funny. Christ. That reminds me of um, my friend who went to pick up 
this guy, our friend from prison a couple of weeks ago, was trying before he got released to like work on getting him his state ID. Because, you know, by the time you're in prison for a long time, your IDs expire. You get out, you got nothing. Um, and the prison was like, oh, no, we don't like have a birth certificate on file for him. We can't identify him. So we can't help you. Oh my God. And she was like, Okay, well, if you can't identify him, why have you incarcerated him for, you know, 15 right. years? You got no idea who this guy is? <laughs> like, what the fuck? That's insane. Yeah. Just crazy, crazy, crazy. Should should a, should a prison have your birth they certificate? They should have, like, documentation or be able to. Then it shouldn't you keep your, like, physical birth certificate. But I see. Yeah, be able to validate. It's fucked up. It's fucked up. Um, yeah. I'm exper- Yeah, and also, I, we just got these two fines for, like, late payments on rent, which are not late. They were not late. My bank is confirming they weren't late. Hmm. And I asked to get them. Anyways, whatever. My, it's a to- I'm just trying to do topic sentence bureaucracy. The topic sentence is bureaucracy. Stu- stuff, doesn't, stuff like this doesn't happen to me because I was born into the Brahmin class. That's right. <laughs> so I move through society like liquid, you know? Mm-hmm. Everything yeah. is done through sort of gentlemen's agreements exactly. and, and trust. <laughs> exactly. And illicit handshakes. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny that they make us have all these ID numbers and stuff, but they don't keep track of... They don't keep track of any of our information. I don't know. I just... Well, it's just... It does make you feel um, sort of, I don't know, like alienated from, from the system because in the sense that... Like, my, my birthday was wrong on my social security card. Who knows what How, happened? Who... Like, but did my dad go, uh, you know, was he born on September 2nd? Like, at some point, the only thing I can imagine that happened was that maybe in Argentina, instead of doing month, day, you do day, month. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe, but but then it would have said that my birthday was on the 25th month. <laughs> and that don't exist. <laughs> oh, in our country. So they just put you down in December. Yeah. Like, so ah, <laughs> December. was born on the 25th month. <laughs> <laughs> he must mean that he was born two years after <laughs> the nine-month gestation period. They get. He gives you the the their cor- like he gives them their your correct birthday, and they're like. Ah, this guy probably doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> they, put in a, they put in a fake birthday. Yeah. So yeah, I have no. And so I'm like, I have no explanation. And you didn't tell me what my wrong birthday was. So what happened? Who? You know, it's like it feels like uh, natural events. You can't control them. You can't know. It's unknowable. It's just yeah. Unknowable. On my birth certificate, it says my name Sarah Elizabeth Wilson, but without an H. Because my my parents named me, I thought it was more beautiful without an H. It and is. then in the first like two weeks of my life, I got so many presents and cards and stuff with the name spelled with an H. So my parents like, I guess we fucked it up. So they called and had it changed. And so all my birthday is just crossed out and then written <laughs> again <under laughs> with an H. If so. you, because there's like a fee to change your name, right? Yes, but if you're young enough, they let you they slide. They slide it in there. Yeah, it's like, oh. you know, oh, never mind, never mind. Oh, you know, her name's Veronica. There's a grace period at the beginning. Yeah. You, that, you hear that, Cole? You got to change your kid's name because it's weird. His <laughs> name is like Tannins, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, his name's Hanning. Oh, his <laughs> <laughs> name's Tannins. <laughs> we were like, as a quick aside, we were, we, we were like, Hanning is a family name, like my grandfather's middle name is that or something like that it's like a it's a family name and they're they were swedish came from sweden and then cole was like i'm gonna name my son hanning and then we were like hanging out with people who are, are swedish friends of ours and they were like 
I've never heard that name before. That name doesn't exist in Sweden. (laughs) (laughs) My my sister's name is Olivia. And in Argentina, when she was named, it was like unheard of. of. In fact, the only Olivia, Olivia. the only Mm -hmm. Olivia that was like in people's minds was in the Spanish translation of Popeye, olive oil's name is Olivia. That's so funny. So people are like, oh, like Popeye's girlfriend. (laughs) And (laughs) I think my parents liked Olivia Newton-John's name. But then I had a friend who had a dog named Olivia. And he said, well, Olivia's a dog's name. (laughs) And I was like, no, you have a dog named Olivia. So you think it's a dog's name. I think it's a sister's name. It's my sister's name. That's a name for a sister. Yeah. Yeah. Um... We're getting a lot of good mornings in the chat. Good, good morning. morning. Pop off with a good morning. Simeon's if you're here. here. Kels is here. Carly's here. We're talking morning, about bureaucracy. Morning, so what does that make you think, guys? Big government or small government? You Wait, know, can wh- I say one more thing about my yeah. name? Please, um, I just think it's symbolic to me of the fact that my parents are obsessed with wanting to be normal. Mm. They love being normal. They Whatever like the normal weird. thing is, they don't like being weird. I mean, you know, it's one big exception that we won't get it. It's that. true, yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're Satanists. <laughs> <laughs> but they like being normal. They like watching, you know, if we're going to the movies, well, what's, you know, the popular, most popular movie in America? Let's go see that. You know, if it's, I mean, if people like it. I had an Avatar t shirt, like the James Cameron movie, and I was going to throw it away. And my mom was like, why would you throw that away? And I was like, well, you know, it's kind of a stupid movie. And she was like, um, when that movie came out, it was the highest grossing film <laughs> in American history. And you think it's a stupid movie? And then she took it and she was like, I'm going to keep this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, beautiful yeah. logic. So they just like, yeah, exactly. They're like, that's what's, that's, that's normal to get in line. That's funny because in our world, that shirt is insane. That shirt's insane, yeah. It's, tor- <laughs> it's like absolute camp, like yeah. bootleg avatar. <laughs> like It looks like a fake DVD you buy on the side of the street. Totally, totally. But my mom was like, this is matters. People respect this, and I respect it. Because do, you, of that. do you sympathize with people who like just get off on being normal? I think there's something kind of cool about that. Um, like, we're going to just try, try and do it right the whole way I through. like that. <laughs> I like that. That they're not just trying to indulge themselves and be Right, different. exactly. Yeah, I would rather my parents be like that than be like Kristen Cinema. Yeah, you think she, so she's <laughs> on the other side. She's trying to be weird. Yeah, she's trying she's to be trying weird. Too or hard. like those Portland people try to, people try to be weird. I mm-hmm. guess mm-hmm. maybe she's not a good example. She's such a strange person. Um, but people who just like wear quirky hats and like do little voices and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> mentally ill people. Yeah, my parents just want to be normal. So they named me back to something normal. And uh, that's the end. And so American bureaucracy. Yeah. Well, I was think saying you're saying, Felipe, that you felt alienated from maybe your, your country or your government or I'm putting words in your mouth. But I wonder, what's the takeaway? Like, could you imagine us? Could you imagine a person walking into a government office and having a connecting spiritual experience where they feel connected to community? Well, you know, it's it's tough because because you know, obviously I don't like bureaucracy, but I'm a big government liberal. Mm. Yeah. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if I say I don't like Tax bureaucracy, I'm giving one to the conservatives. So what do I do? Mm-hmm. So a lot of people that say bureaucracy also, you know, uh harms poor people because now they're stuck in this labyrinth and so I don't know. Do you need bureaucracy in order to have a social safety net? A big, a fat mm. social safety net. Where well, I like 
any system where a bunch of people can have jobs and sort of hide from any responsibility. Yes, Because they have too. such a, like a labyrinthine system of like, oh, well, maybe you should ask John about that. I'm not sure. Oh, you need yes. to connect with Vanessa. So you're saying the people who benefit are the bureaucrats. Are the workers. Yes. <laughs> yes. And they get to obfuscate. And maybe they don't even have to work that hard. They can just kind of like play games on their computer. I agree. I think every job should be like that. Yes. Where you get to, you, someone comes up to you with, a dire need and you send them to someone else, you know? Pass it. Pass it. Pass it. Yeah. <laughs> Next. Yeah. I think that's cool. I think that's freedom in this in contemporary. Yeah. You're just in the you're just in the in the social security office and they're just hitting you with tennis rackets. Yeah. Just like <laughs> just yeah. to the other side, you get to the other side back <laughs> exactly. to the other side of the office. Now get talking to that guy. Send this guy off a little spin. Yeah. 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 I, I, well, there's a the theory that it like, oh, the reason it's so bad is because it's underfunded. You know, like if we, if we were to actually sort of funnel our taxpayer dollars into having like efficient, whatever, customer service minded uh, bureaucracy, it could be a pleasant experience. Yeah, or if we got like Google or Meta to build those tools. Yes, and then they owned them. And then they owned the tools yes. too. So next time you go to Social Security, you're going to Social Security Meta Administration. Imagine and you're in the metaverse and you're in your Oculus. And you're in your Oculus, yeah. Imagine you walk into the DMV and the tiles are tiled with gold. Yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. And you and the, the counter is a, is a silver top counter, mm -hmm. you know? And it, it, it's it's like looks like Trump Tower in there. Yeah, and there's two Space Marines watching the door. <laughs> yeah. and there's a soda machine, a free soda machine. Whoa! Can you imagine what you that would be like? You get mods where you're riding on a horse. <laughs> yes, yeah. a scooter. Yeah. You go to a rave. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're at a rave, and you can get and you get a Deadpool skin. <laughs> um, Sam, it's funny. I, I n never sees this to amaze me, but you have a glass, the kind that you drink water out of. And it's filled with, correct me if I'm wrong, hot coffee, correct? Hot coffee, yeah. Yes, and I see it steaming. And I think, well, you know, we have mugs that the functionality of mugs is that you can grab onto the handle. You don't have to touch the hot part. But no, you, 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 you have a regular cup filled with boiling liquid, close to boiling. Mm -hmm. And you're holding it by the top where there isn't any liquid. But don't you get burnt? Yeah, it's, it can be hot. You can <laughs> hold it at the top. I learned this from my mom, the, which is like the way you should drink coffee is you should get a, as big a container as possible and fill it with coffee and then just put a bunch of milk and sugar in it. So it's like a big lukewarm mixture and then you chug it right away <laughs> and then you go to work. Wow. I'll yeah. say, long-time uh, listener, Simeon has also clocked that you're doing something weird. And he <laughs> says, is Sam enjoying a tall glass of beer? Well, now you know. It looks like cider, doesn't it, Sarah? It looks like cider. If you're listening to this after the morning recording, Sam is drinking a glass of what looks like cider. Because it's annoying if you have a small little mug to keep making the concoction over and over again every time you pour into the mug. So you get a big container, so you only uh, have to do it once. Right. Yeah, I drink it black, so I actually really like having to go back to the coffee thing to keep pouring another. If you like, Love if you drink it black, you want a small little mug because yeah. it's like starting your day over again. And it's also strong. Yeah. I'm not trying to chug a big gulp. I'm trying to have a like a slushy. Right. Basically. Yeah. You're having pre-workout. That's pre-workout. Mostly, pre mostly milk. Yes. And sugar. <laughs> 
Yep. This is what Protestants run on. <laughs> That's right. This is the Protestant diet. <clears throat> That's right. So, guys, I want to talk about medieval sleep. That's oh, right. God. So, <laughs> <laughs> gotta stop All complaining right. about the topics you guys bring up. Right? I, have to be, I have to be receptive to them. That's right. Yep, yep, yep. Believe it. Coming to the table with absolutely nothing, bro. <laughs> no, just kidding. I you just, did our first twenty minutes. I just busted open. With yeah, <laughs> that's I busted, right, you busted down. down. <laughs> open, busted down. Before we do Sam's thing, does anyone have a question for me? You guys, either of you guys? Oh, oh I us. thought you were going to the chat. <laughs> Just kidding. We can do sales. I'm sure I do have a question for you, Sarah. Ask me anything. How are you? I'm pretty good. You had a I'm scary dream? I had a scary dream last night, but I can't remember it, but I was upset by it. Oh, I'll say this. I keep getting this feedback that I'm the best on the podcast that I've ever been. I'm at the top of my game. People are gassing Whoa. me up really hard. Wow. Whoa. Yeah, in my text. And I'm scared. I'm getting scared that... Part of my charm is my self-consciousness. And if I get too confident, right. I get overconfident, it's over. Damn. Then it's over for me. Um, so watch out for that. So I'll it's say good. It sounds like even though you are getting gassed up, you still have some neuroses about it. That's right. So that's what's going to keep you <laughs> honest. That keeps you safe. Yeah. That keeps you safe. Your anxiety keeps you safe. And that's why you got to hold on to it. Because listen to this. Uh, when I was in college, I was in a stand-up comedy collective called Simply Chaos. That's how I know. Collective. Wow. Collective. A co-op. Yeah, we were co-opt. <laughs> we ate all, bought all our groceries together. <laughs> um, and we would have a show every semester, a showcase of everyone in it. And one semester, Seth Simons came back to host the show. Seth I'm going to piss Felipe off. Right well, look, you don't have to piss me off. Move the camera so you guys are both in the, in the shot. Okay. How come you don't want to sit next to me? Why did you? Why are you doing why that? Why are you doing that? I just like when I sit on the you couch. Sometimes I'm, I'm just like melting. It's like I'm going back to sleep. You oh. know what I mean? Okay. And okay. I gotta be up. This has got nothing to do with me. Can you get closer to Sarah at least? And I'll get closer to Sam. Um, to tell my Felipe is adjusting our camera. Uh, yeah, I'm not uh, going to edit that for the yeah. li- for the recorded podcast. I'm gonna make that scene longer. <laughs> <laughs> on the recorded. So believe this or not, comedy famed comedy critic Seth Simons used to be a comedian. He's a failed stand up comedian, and that's why. What Sam? Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought he was going back to the couch. <laughs> used to be a failed stand up comedian. Yes, yes right. and that's why he's uh, he's taken down all the famous comedians he can he can get. It's can true because he's, he's um, mad. Yeah. He mad. I'm just kidding. For yeah, the record, too, I'm just me kidding. Too, me too. Um, but he was a stand-up <laughs> comedian, and he came and hosted one of our semester shows after he graduated. And he, the first night, he crushed so hard, and he did this bit that I think is so funny. Where at the um, sort of between the two acts, he got up and he was like, "At this point in the Simply Chaos show, um, we always just take a minute to honor um, everyone who died in the Challenger explosion." And he just reads all the names out, and it's just really makes me laugh because people were honestly confused about whether or not that was like a tradition that we always do that or not and it was funny it was just very funny um and then the second night he had done so well the first night that the second night in sets he's a little bit nervous if you've never met him before he was um extremely overconfident or oh. confident <laughs> and the audience hated him they just like oh, did not he, he, he went up with his with a smug smile yes, and said yes. we're reading all the challenger names exactly like, yeah. yeah and gave a little <laughs> wink yeah and they hated him yeah. um this was seth's own observation i i was like backstage being stressed out um in 17 19 <laughs> years old is college um, <laughs> 17 college <laughs> young protege um, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> he started college when i was 14 um so anyway that just the lesson from that it made me think like oh some people like you when you're not confident in america we think you have to be con- you have to project confidence but some people like you when you seem 
week. Totally. And so I'd never want to get too gassed up because I think that my neuroses is, is essential. Yeah, I'd be happy to send you some late night texts that undermine your confidence. <laughs> <laughs> get or you in a lips. worry loop right yeah. before you go to bed. Yeah, that, that could work. <laughs> All right, now let's talk about medieval sleep. Okay, medieval sleep. So I read this article. It came to my attention courtesy of Kirsten Olsen. And it's about how... Uh, that's your girlfriend, right? No, that's my mom. <laughs> uh, Wait, Carly said sh- they like Seth better as a quirked up white boy with a touch of autism. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Quirked up. Quirked up. up is funny. It is uh, funny. <laughs> so medieval sleep. So apparently there's uh, a type of sleep um, where you wake up in the middle of the night and you spend an hour or two awake, and then you go back to sleep, and it's called first sleep and second sleep. Or biphasic. Biphasic sleep. And my mom's been talking about this for a long time. She said, <laughs> this, is, this, this is how humans were meant to sleep. Actually, the, the concept of sleeping all the way through the night is an invention of capitalism and of longer work days or times when people were essentially... Um, it's a newer invention where people had to uh, kind of abide by factory work schedules. And that, in fact, you're meant to or it's okay to wake up in the middle of the night and do little things. And there's the, this this phase between first sleep and second sleep where you wake up at like 2 a.m., 3 a.m. It's called a dorvay in French. It's written about in French romantic poetry and in medieval poetry. But it's like it's a kind of psychic state between waking and sleep where you're sort of you're actually kind of you can commune with the devil or with God or you can kind of talk to various angels and stuff. Little freaky things can happen in your head. Um, And that's okay. And that's okay. That's that's okay. (laughs) That's encouraged. In fact, that's encouraged. And And you can go around and you can you can eat a little snack. You can have sex. You can do little chores. You can go t- over to the fire and talk. You can go over to the fire and With talk. To Sirius Black in yes. the fire. <laughs> Black. But you can only do that if you're a man. If you're a woman, you have to do chores. That's right. That's Shit. right. That yes. was apparently well. part of the article says that, you know, the, the Dorvay period wasn't all bliss for everybody. If you were a woman, it was often a time where you had to finish up chores. So, so That so, really bummed me out. Let me... Oh, go ahead. <laughs> so you're if you're a woman in medieval times, you're like... Washing dishes, you're like, ah, you know what? I'll finish this at three in the morning. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. exactly. That bummed me out, that line in the article, because they were imagining this sort of mystical world where we get to meet and hang out with our friends at 2 a.m. around a fire in a medieval <laughs> yes. village and just kind of shoot the shit about how it's going. Um, and then they have this sentence that's like, except if you were a woman, you had to do chores. Um, and it made me wish for the old world where man was just the normal and we all got to identify with man, you know, and we use he, and then we just hear about the male experience. We don't have to know about how the other people suffered. Yeah. We get to project ourselves into that. Interesting. So, so I would you prefer the, the author. projection than the reality in a sense. And ironically, me down. and ironically, now you don't have to wash the dishes because we have the dishwasher, but that comes with electrical light, which makes you stay up later. Which and makes you have so to take the dishes out of the dishwasher and put them in the cabinets. Yeah, but oh. I'm, just, I'm just saying that's the trade-off. Less chores, but you have to sleep through the night. That's yeah. right. That's right. And um, I've been hanging out with this my friend Leo, who is having like insomnia problems, and I sent him that article, and he was asleep when I sent it to him. And then... He, at 3 a.m. You cured his insomnia. 
accurate. At 3 a.m., I get a text back from him about it, and I was like, you're exactly one of these people. You just woke up at 3 in the morning, mm-hmm. texted me back, went back to sleep. A medieval prince. Yeah. I have, <laughs> I have heard about this second sleep thing, but my thinking is it, you can't really recreate it now because what you would need is for there to not be electrical light, so you fall asleep at like 7 when the sun goes down. So you actually are sleeping for way longer, or like you fall asleep... Like, if you go to sleep at 10 or 11, it's too late to wake up at 3. Like, you, you need those eight hours. Whereas ba- back then, if you didn't have electrical light, you just fall asleep when the sun goes down. There's nothing to do. Maybe you have a candle, but you're not going to stay up all night by candlelight. I believe I didn't read the article, so you don't have to listen to <laughs> Is that true? <laughs> Am I wrong? No, you could be right. Well, you're getting to an issue I which, heard about which I before. had with the, uh, with the article, which is it does seem like there's a lot of extrapolating that is done in the article where they're like, well, you know, all in all... Uh, we are still getting like a hundred percent better sleep today than we were in the medieval period. Really? Because like, our beds are because nice. Because our yeah, they're like our beds are nice, and there's not we're not afraid of getting attacked our or intruders or kidnapped at the or, rate or animals like coming in. And I was like, I don't know. People like to imagine the medieval era as this like scary, like ultra violent time. But I'm like, there were probably some nights where you weren't worried about getting. I would be willing to bet. I would be willing to bet most nights. (laughs) I'd be willing to bet most nights. Most nights, I I would. I would venture. I would put my money on most nights too. Not every night a crusading knight is coming into your town and slaughtering you and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. And there's and there's things about modern day living that are creepy and weird too. Like sometimes you hear a sound in your apartment. And you go, you you go. What's that sound? And you go, it's Felipe. Yeah, <laughs> Sam has woken yeah. up and he's taking a bunch of Adderall. No. <laughs> exactly. <What>? And he's <laughs> animating. He's in his dormant <laughs> period. <laughs> he's pacing yeah. back and forth, lifting up the couch and yeah. trying to vacuum underneath. He's it. doing dishes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. I think it's funny that Sam takes issue with that because you're the least per- the least anxious person that's ever been in my life, and so you're just being defensive about like that. If you had lived in the medieval period you wouldn't have been anxious and they can't make you be anxious if i lived in the medieval period i would be anxious you think so you i'd think be the so? same i'd be the same no you wouldn't I'd be the same as i am now i would be the same like as a I am now. princess with like a wreath of That's flowers around i would be a princess living in a big cold <laughs> castle <laughs> castles they say were not that comfortable you know you think of a castle as being so luxurious yeah not so comfy cold. Castle. that's They're what huge. i think i'd be filled in with couches yeah. when you have a fire boy recliners in your room it's not the most efficient heat method what's the most efficient heat method um, I think having a big hot pole in your bathroom. <laughs> 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 right next to the toilet. Uh, that's Felipe, funny. Felipe oh. burned his hand yesterday. Um, yeah, you can see. I don't know if you can see it in the... There's an extremely hot, boiling hot pole. If you live in New York, you know you got the hot pole in your room yeah. and you got the hot pole three inches away from your yeah. toilet. So you have to contort. You have to like bend your leg and behind your ear so that you don't touch the hot pole when you're pooping. Yeah, and some days though you have to touch it. You can't get away. You, you gotta touch it some days. Every day. You gotta touch it some days because then yeah, that puts the, the fear of God in you. you. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> you get too cocky. You know, I can I can move freely about the bathroom. I don't have to worry about Just getting hurt in my, my bathroom. hands around. Yeah. yeah. No. no. They they basically <laughs> your bedroom is basically uh 
was a, an entire like plumbing system that was meant to be behind a wall. Yes. But they've, re- <laughs> they've yeah. redone the apartment yeah. to make it a bedroom. This apartment only should have had one room and a exactly. boiler room, but they exactly. turned the boiler room into my bedroom. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> They're like, yeah, this is where we put all the hot coals in the apartment building, but maybe we can get rent out of it. Exactly. Um, the essay also does this funny thing, and it connects to... Oh, that's actually an article. I read an essay, and I meant to send it to Felipe and Sam so that we could talk about it, in the Drift magazine, my favorite magazine, um, about the state of the American essay. And I should start this segment by asking you guys what you think about the state of the American essay, but I want to connect it to Sam's topic because we're not done talking about that. Um, and in it, it said that like there's a problem with essay writers like hedging too much, that they're always just being like, well, perhaps it could be this, or perhaps... It could be something else. Or perhaps we can't know. You know, like just this ambivalent yeah. tone is like rampant in the essay world right now. And it reflects like per- people say, oh, it reflects the state of American confusion in the era that we're in. But like it's not really good writing, too. And and that it's, a, it's shows that people are really concerned with like likability that the essay right now in America is like a lot of people writing about their personal lives and then just like hedging endlessly about the meaning of what their life is so that no one can take issue with what they say because it's like well that's your personal life and you posited every possible interpretation yes I feel like I feel like when you read I mean this is an essay this is philosophy but like when you read Nietzsche Nietzsche or like uh, Freud it's like they're just they're just confidently saying it's this. insane it's this. shit. Wacko, it's this. Yeah, Nietzsche's like it's definitely this. Like it couldn't all, be anything else. All yeah. people are ruled by one of two impulses that were invented in Greek theater, and everything can be. It's like, and you're like, no way. But he he never goes. But maybe I'm wrong. Never, absolutely never. So or you diff- go, maybe that's problematic. He never yeah. says that. He never says that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I bring that point up just because this essay is also like, you think it's going to be about how we should all do medieval sleep. And then it's like, or maybe we shouldn't, or maybe people sleep different ways. Yeah. I don't know. Or maybe, and then it ends with the, I think the resolution is like, so I guess the takeaway is just, if you're someone that wakes up in the middle of the night, that's okay. Or maybe it's okay. Or maybe it's not. <laughs> or maybe Or maybe not. you should be scared. Yeah. <laughs> and it, um, there's, it makes a point of being like, oh, there's been all this research done on different, like, um, pre-industrial societies, and in some of them, people do biphasic sleep, and some of them people do one big sleep. Never did they say, oh, people just kind of nap on and off all day long. That's what I would like. Uh, what's yes. it called? Da Vinci sleep. Da Vinci sleep, yeah. Yes. And then, you know, you, in those Bruegel paintings, there's peasants napping all the time. Well, people nap. I mean, you know, one, okay, you either nap, you know, uh, an hour or two for the, the day, or this, like, insane, you know, sort of new kind of sleep of, like, uh, oh, I can optimize my time if I sleep 30 minutes for every f- hour. Yes. Do you heard. think a peasant was doing that? I don't think a peasant was doing that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting because yeah. it's like this obsession with like, what's the natural way? What's the way that I should be? What would be the best way right. for me to do something? And it's like, no, humans do th- all kinds They're of different adaptive. things. There's, it's yeah. not like if you go into like the perfect uncivilized human, they'll show you exactly what all humans yeah. need to be doing. But there's like. always one way. Th- there's always one truth. One thing that's the best. See, and you'd be great at writing essays. <laughs> <laughs> you'd be great at writing the new American yeah. essay. Sarah likes to subscribe to the Paleolithic diet of eating gummy worms <laughs> and Jolly Ranchers. <laughs> that makes me so sweet. I, I also, on my Napoleon podcast, they said that in the peasants, the peasants of medieval France had more holidays and more time off than we do now. This I've heard. Yeah. This I've heard. Damn. Fuck. Fuck. 
So not and we only think of them as yes, l- living losers, in a debased, pathetic, state. debased losers. So no. what are we? Yeah, mm. rather be, I'd rather Fuck. be a surf than a wagey. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather be a surf than a wagey. That's right. So, so Sarah, when you read this essay about other essays, you, did you think, yes, this is speaking to a thing that I've thought before, but haven't really put words to her? Well, the reason I even read it was because remember I was talking last podcast about um, the Dig podcast yeah. and about this like tendency of people to be like, I'm just saying that needs to be part of the conversation. I'm just saying, yes. consider this. Yeah. And it just feels so, it makes me feel so hopeless and like, oh, no one, no. That's just people being like, Ugh. Um, yeah. And so I read this essay thinking maybe it would be about that. And it wasn't exactly, but a little bit it was. It was about ambivalence and people's like, no one wanting to sort of just like commit to one decisive like vision or like um, to be, he seemed to say that the, like people weren't even, essay writers weren't even doing enough research to really like find something that's like a, a discovery worth informing people of. It was just a lot of kind of like reflecting and vibing out on what's up. Um, which I feel like is true. Yeah. Um, but something that was interesting that was in the beginning of it that I didn't understand was it, it like posits that uh, the form of essay writing has always been this like indefinable genre by the people that do it and the people that write about literature. That like no one really knows what an essay is. And I read that and I was like, what? I don't know Topic sentence. Five paragraphs. Yeah. Intro. Three body. Conclusion. Boom. That's right. Yeah. Done. And then every paragraph. In yeah, this essay, I will show. Yeah, argument, supporting detail, argument, supporting detail. Mm-hmm. That's right. Transition to the next paragraph. Mm-hmm. Connect back to the thesis. Yeah. Easy. So why do they, why are they acting like that? Well, why does, what does the article say? Why is everyone ambivalent? Why is everyone ambivalent? Yeah, I mean, it's like, okay, the, no one's picking a side. Why? Tell me why. And pick a side. Um, one of the things it says is just like, that's, uh, and I think this is like the drift, you know, being leftist and... Uh, blaming everything on capitalism, which we all know is you yeah. know, just a cop out. Yeah, it's big um, cope. <laughs> big it's cope. not capitalism. You just can't it's, decide. You just, you just can't. You just can't make it in America. You're just a garden uh, variety millennial. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Um, so it says like, okay, well, it's a really crowded market to become like a, a writer of that kind, and that like budgets are shrinking more and more all the time. So like Joan Didion going to El Salvador or. Um, what do they talk about? They name another essay, famous essay writer who like goes to Zare to like reflect on what's going on over there. That kind of shit doesn't happen anymore. So the cheapest thing you can do is kind of write about yourself. Right. Um, that's something that you know. And then also like we're talking about people who have a hundred thousand dollars of debt from going to MFA creative writing programs, um, who need to do a thing that will be popular and likable and appealing to the largest audience. Right. So people just write these kind of ambivalent essays about themselves. Um, that are kind of what sells and like hard to really slam by a critic and like just right down the middle. Um, that's the argument mm. that he makes. He says that like the argument most commonly that you hear is just like, oh, it's identity politics. Everyone writes like that now because of that. It's like internet culture and like yeah, com- and comment section culture. culture. Yeah, it's Gia Tolentino, feminist internet culture stuff. Mm. Yeah. I I like... I like a nice material yeah. explanation. Mm-hmm. Something that's very simple and kind of un- unideological. <laughs> like, you get more readers if you can kind of, if anyone can read your article and think, that's me. Yeah, totally. But maybe back in the day, you had to uh, say something like, and it's all because of the glory of God. <laughs> you know, back in the day, yeah. you had to pick a side and it had to be the right one, and there could only be one. You're in, t- you're in 10 a hundred thousand dollars in debt (laughs) in seven in the 1780s yeah (laughs) yeah 
Yeah, it's funny. It also kind of spoke to this feeling I have sometimes where I feel like, just in my personal experience, that I I don't know a lot of specific things. I just know that specific information exists somewhere outside of my mind, and I just gesture at it as like a thing that I'm certain is true, but that I don't know any of the particulars of. Like um, that the Iraq war was bad. I don't really know. Well, yeah, like a half a day's <laughs> research and you can gather all the particulars right. you need. And you I know? don't need to because I just That's already right. know. Vaguely over there is the thing, the basis for my opinion, the facts which support a thing that I feel strongly. Well, when I, I remember when I did a semester in France that over there, the way they teach literature is like you have to read these people. Yeah, And yeah, you have yeah. to know when they were born and when they died and what their big things were that they wrote and like what is the scholarly like agreement about them and you had to do obligatory classes where you were taught about those the basis of knowledge yes and yeah. in and at the university i went to in america it was like a li- you know There's literature no degree it's like you pick kind of whatever you want to read totally. um and i mean uh, maybe it's extrapolating too much but i do think for whatever reason the american kind of modality is still like not not at least in the liberal arts or in the kind of um, like literary arts is not, it's not about specializing and like un- learning um, concrete bodies of knowledge and like amassing facts. It's about like cultivating a critical uh, tool that you can apply to everything. And so I wonder too, if yes. like that's, there's a product of that that's where the, just the modality, right. Writers come <laughs> out of those places and it's like, you know, you're not necessarily like, uh, a, a repository of a specific body of knowledge. You're just like a guy vibing out. You're vibing. <laughs> you can vibe. You can talk about anything. I'm in touch with the zeitgeist. I'm just kind of intuiting. Yes. What's Feeling. going on? That's right. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what comes first. It's like what it. Maybe that modality in American education is informed by something else. Yeah. That is material, or maybe it's just like a coincidence, and then that spawns a kind of writing. I don't know. Yeah. You know, it's funny. When I was in college, I was in this like research program where they would give me funding to research what I wanted. But I, I think I've talked about this on the podcast. But we've done a lot of episodes, folks. So I'll recap it. Um, I did <laughs> and not go back and listen. And go to back them. and listen. It's episode thirteen. <laughs> um, I didn't understand what research was or like what that meant and everybody else who was in this research program it felt like at least to me that like I knew one of them in particular her grandmother had like won a Nobel Prize for like physics research and 50 years ago and like everyone just seemed to have this understanding of what it meant to do academic research I just had no idea I was like research anything like well, what do they? What do the people need to know? Yeah, that we don't know that? yet. <laughs> What's not? What are we not sure? And like, I just didn't know. I didn't know where to begin, and I was afraid to ask because it was like classic. Like, I felt like I knew so little that I didn't even know the question to ask. Like, what? What do you mean do research? Because um, also, I was in this program, so I was like, great, I got to pretend I know um, what, why we're doing this. Um, so I remember going home. I had to decide my research topic by like beginning of sophomore year or something. I went home over freshman year winter break, and I was like, well, I better just start reading philosophy so i know everything that we already know and for some reason i started with roland barthes (laughs) who knows why and i just printed out like 60 pages of you know that was monographs and that was your break and that was my break was just reading i was and my mom was like why are you and i was like telling her about what i was reading she's like why are you reading that and i was like i have to know all this stuff so i can know where we're at so then i know what to research um but it it was just like did you and did that lead you anywhere 
No, but I found that stuff interesting. But I just didn't. Yeah, I thought that that made sense because also I felt that way about comedy. Like I very was very studied about like stand up comedy. Like I watched so much of it, and I went back. You know, of course, as a kid, you enter in just right in the current moment, and you watch whatever is funny and popular. But I went back and watched you know Steve Martin stuff and Richard Pryor stuff, and like knew everything in stand up comedy. I was like, and now I can be a stand up comedian. Yeah. Um, but not so with the rest of. <laughs> That's where I stopped. Well, it's funny. I was thinking actually about how when I was doing stand-up, often you, like, write a bit and you kind of have to take a position in a bit. You have to yeah. like, this sucks. Or, like, yes. isn't it funny how we... And then when you're writing it sometimes, if you're a nuanced, mind kind of minded kind of person, <coughs> you're like, well, I don't totally believe this. Totally, like, I think totally. I, but you can't go on stage and be like, isn't it funny how, you know, women take so long to get dressed and it's like but sometimes they don't and you know <laughs> you have to you have to take you have to take one position and trust that the audience knows that there is nuance out in the world but for that's the so purpose of the joke huh that's so progressive of you to point that out no one has ever pointed that out sometimes they don't yeah that's true <laughs> Um, but you have to take a position and you have to trust the audience knows that nuance exists but for the moment they're just getting one joke about one thing and they're like hey yeah it's not always true. Yeah, it's not always true. And you go, and then you Come wink, up. but you don't say I know because you're going to waste time on stage it, explaining all the hey, different I things know you know. Hey, I know it's not always It's funny, yeah. though, because you can, I, I kind of agree with that, and I don't, where I'm like, oh, you can always tell when someone is on stage and they're like, re- they've really manufactured an opinion. So that's that like insane. they can make insane. some stupid punchline. Yes, that exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I find it, it's actually like, uh, the style of stand-up comedy that's like argumentation style or like a kind of, uh, Lewis Black thing where you're like this fucking pisses me off and this thing pisses me off and I'm like no no it doesn't no it you doesn't know, you know and you don't you walk should, around you your go, whole it's not life so like bad that. yeah yeah it's not so bad totally um fuck I forgot what I was gonna say <laughs> well it's funny it's funny that you mention uh that like people uh, are taught to just, you know, they go to a liberal arts, have a liberal arts education, they're taught to just like vibe when they get out because yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I feel like uh, this podcast in particular is a, is a, an axe right at the center of that kind of culture because we have ex- specific knowledge. Extremely researched. <laughs> yeah. Every episode, research, we have producers exactly. who, who produce exactly. different segments. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's true. And we take strong positions yes. on things. That's we'll send right. you the bibliography That's for right. every episode that we read. Um, that's funny. I was going to say that yesterday, just yesterday, before I even read this essay, me and Felipe were talking about how, um, and tell me if I'm putting words in your mouth, uh, we have this tendency to like see everything. It's hard to make decisions or once you make a decision and then you feel endless doubt about it because you're constantly just like assuming different perspectives on the decision you made and, and what it means about you and what were your motivations really and this is maybe a blind spot that you have and trying to unsee your blind spot. So you just keep changing the direction on which you view your life until everything is so muddled and lost that there was no point to this exercise in perspective rotation uh and then i was thinking that reading this essay i was like oh that's like a symptomatic of this kind of way of thinking is like or you know perhaps this or perhaps that or or maybe i'm not realizing you know and it's just a way of being like a defensive a defensive mechanism so no one can get you you're like don't think you see anything about me it's comment section thinking what it's comment section comment section thinking thinking. it's like got you got you don't come for me don't come for me um and it's funny. It makes me think of. Remember the there was a big critical essay that came out of um, Gia Tolentino's Trick Mirror book came out, and then um, what's her name wrote an essay panning it. And it was it Lauren Euler. It was Lauren Euler, who is now is also a fiction writer. We're supposed to read her book, but 
I didn't do it. That, don't, we'll, um, <laughs> we'll read it for next Dude, week. Don't you have it? I have it. And you read it. I gotta, we talked about it already. You yeah. said you didn't like the first page or I didn't. I didn't really didn't like the first page. There you go. Um, she wrote this pan of Gia's essay book. And um, Gia like retweeted it and responded to it and was like, I got a pan. And like she accepted the criticism gracefully, like for whatever that's worth. Um, and I just thought it was funny that there weren't more essays like tearing down the Gia Tolentino book. But then I was reading this essay and being like, oh, that's because it's like built to not be um gettable torn down you can't fucking yeah. get me yeah yeah so there have been es- other essays yeah 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 but in the like original wave of feedback people were like this is a brilliant this is fire this is like this a, is absolute f- fire. a crystal through which you can view yeah. all of society the light a rainbow coming through well it. you yeah. know i don't mind when someone writes and then they go you know it could be two, two one of two ways because like you said i do experience life that way you know it's all grays you know you never quite know what Big to think fun. and uh, and so I appreciate that. And so maybe we can make a compromise. In the article, you say, look, there's these are the two positions. I'm not quite sure. And then in the last paragraph, you go, but I have to make a choice. And so the choice is, and then you do a drum roll, and you go, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> and then everyone gets it's that good. you understand yeah. the yeah. nuance, but that for the purpose of the thing, you had to pick which one was better. And you just pick. And and you kind of got, kind of get to have both. That's why I like reading Freud. You know, it's just that women are hysterical because of penis envy. Yes. <laughs> you just make up shit. Yep. Close the book, yep. yeah. period. <laughs> then you snort more cocaine. Yeah, that's funny. Because I also think it's bad, too, when, when, when at the end, they, you know, they, they come up with an insolvable problem. Okay, social media has fucked up our lives. It's, and, and the people who say we should leave, it's harder than that. You can't just leave because your whole life is, you know, structured by it. So, you know, so the, the, the writer sets up this impossible problem. And at the end, they go... It's hard to say what we should do, but maybe we can work towards a future where we like slowly exit and or we imagine new ways of being. That's and what it's I like was okay, really you yeah. pick the side, but the side sucks my dick. I can't do that. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything to me. It doesn't mean anything do to me. Give me what a solution I, I can do, do or me, just say Felipe. <laughs> yes. Either give me a solution I can do or say there is no solution and we're fucked. Yeah, the solution or they say. So you can actually go into GTA and you can rip yes. the, <laughs> the shirts out. All yeah, the shirts. and then you can put those shirts on your well, 3D guy. That, that's what's kind of <laughs> nice about reading Play-Doh, Play-Doh is because rather than it being an essay where one person's saying everything, you know, there's little characters and they get to like right. have little arguments with each other where like a character voices the opposition. That's right. You know? That's yes. right. And that, then he, he doesn't yes. have to make a choice. He That's funny. To- that was something that they were saying about essays. They were like, an es- the essay form is the rough draft of a generation's thoughts about a certain thing of what's going on. And that literature is the higher form. You develop it. You synthesize it into plots and characters and symbolism and like, which I had never really thought of that. I just was like, there's essays. Yeah, but a good, I feel like a good book or a good plot doesn't. It sort of shows you how things are complicated. Yes, exactly, exactly. And so that's yeah, that's why literature is a higher form than essay writing is a low form. Mm, yeah. Interesting. Pseudo intellectual. I truly um, don't. Yeah, sorry. Go. Yeah, two things. One, I feel like what's interesting to me about the idea of like making choices or deciding things. I feel like I never make any choices or decide everything. Anything. Everything's already pre-programmed and it just comes out. You know, in terms of like regretting the choices you made, it's like, well, that was always the choice I was going to make, but maybe it was a stupid one, and so I hate myself. But <laughs> but, I, but I made it. But that's but that's that the liberating? only choice I could. In a in a sense, yeah, in a sense, it frees <laughs> you because it, it's kind of just like not believing in free will. My choices are already pre-made. You know how the brain decides things before you have the conscious thought. 
the is reptile brain. That's what they say. They <laughs> say that, that like decisions are made in your brain before it occurs to you to be like, I need a glass of water. Your brain has already decided like, get water, get water, get water. <laughs> um, the other like thing I wanted to water. say is I do feel like the thesis of everything that I read these days is, um, and so we need to imagine a better world. Yes. We need to do some futurizing. What do you call it? Future envisioning, future, yeah. futurisms. Futurology. Futurology. Future. Yeah. Yeah. Someone needs to come up with an idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is at the end. Yeah. Someone needs to send me their credit card number with the expiration. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I can can go yes. online and I can buy the entire season yeah. of Smiling Friends yeah. <laughs> and yes. watch it. Yes. <laughs> and that's why we get to be artists <coughs> instead of having to go blow up government buildings because we have we're in charge of doing the visioning. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We can envision. No, it's true. I don't like it when at the end of an essay someone's like, and we must imagine new ways. It's like who's gonna imagine? Ooh, and what are the ways? Imagine them right now. Give me a couple new ways I can imagine right now. One new way. One yeah. essay. Yeah. And the yeah. thing is you the reason why is you can't you can't like actually like history changes under your feet, you know? It's like, okay, no. social media sucks, this and that. Can't imagine a way out of it. Something needs to like the sun needs to blow up or there needs to be a nuclear <laughs> explosion and then or we'll a bunch see of Navy SEALs need to dive in and then there's a robot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They fight it. Yeah. yeah. Joe Biden is cooed and and then we go, Oh look, a new door has opened. But until then, what am I going to imagine? I get, that I get a screen time check that tells me I've been on screen for three <laughs> hours? No. That's not going to do anything. I can turn that off. Wordle just got bought by New York Times. Really? No. Yes. Ugh, what the no. hell? I have no idea what the implications are. And I love that, that app and I use it all the time. And I understand what those Twitter posts mean <clears throat> when people post. The and you little, like that. And I get yeah, it I like and that. I like them and I think it's cool <laughs> that people are doing that. And so it makes me so mad. <laughs> What's the name of the New York Times family who owns the New York Times? Catherine right Graham. Just kidding. She, she's the Washington Post. Uh, the Lanier's. No, Managing it's not editor. them. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> uh, the Lanier's. Oh, well. The Times. I'll, I'll email you the joke later. Will you know. Shorts. What's the joke? No, no, no. Were you going to do a pun with Did their name? Did you say no? What? Did you say no? <laughs> <laughs> say no, no, no. Well, no. you had a joke lined up? Yeah, no, no. Well, you know, comedy is all about just knowing the... The Names. noun and, the then exact reference. and then saying it at the right moment. And I did neither. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Didn't know the noun and then missed the timing. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. You did do that. Yeah. 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 So. But I had the thing about medieval sleep earlier. So, right. That's, that's my right. contribution. That's right. And so, and we're about to announce this is our first Raisin Man Arena essay contest. <laughs> yeah. Imagine what is the new world and how can we write a good essay about it? And you can submit those to our email address. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and it will be it will be a blind process. You don't need to put your gender or your race or anything like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just five hundred dollars <laughs> and you, the essay. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and we will we will listen. We will read it, but not read it. Actually, we're going to listen to through a speech to text, <laughs> a text to speech. Yeah. So it'll be like read like this. <laughs> by a neutral voice. That's so funny. That is so funny. I look on everything I ever am about to read, every article, I'm like, is there just an audio version of this? I I, I, I When I work, I do text-to-speech I do it too. Essays. Yeah. It sounds insane. It sounds awful, but it's the only way to get the harvest the information. Yeah. <laughs> get in, get out. <laughs> we 
wish they'd do a bullet pointed version. Yes. And then that could text to speech that. Yeah. I have a question, Sarah. Hit so, me. So what do you what's your process for deciding what kinds of articles you like read and don't read? Because for me, my learning process is like it's it's very socially driven. I'll see an article and I'll go, hmm. Like, is this something I'll be able to talk? Are my other my, my friends talking about this? Is this something I'll be able to talk about with someone else? Or will this drive me further into isolation? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> totally or will I just like take this knowledge and store it and never use it or think about Hope it at it all with up. someone else? Yeah. yeah. Um, I feel like I have this bad approach to learning and to even sometimes to consuming art. Uh, which is that I'm always like, I kind of know in my head the answer that I'm looking for, and I'm just seeking out the essay that will confirm that thing. Or sometimes if I have a, an idea about something I don't like that I think is bad or a wrong line of thinking, I'll look for an essay that is that line of thinking so I can be like, I knew it. So People think like this, and I don't like that. Um, and then I have the same sort of bias in art where I'm always like, putting on a movie being like, this better speak exactly to my experience like at this moment and exactly the kind of thing that I want to hear. And then if it's not, it turns out to be, you know, about history or something. I turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like so that that's either. wrong because you're supposed to just um, sit back and let shit, you know, wash over you. And you're supposed to be an omnivore of just you're reading conservative sources. You're supposed to be reading, you know, mainstream liberal. Yeah. Take it all in and then, you know, synthesize it out. But I'm always just like looking for like, oh yeah, I had kind of a vibe about something with essays is bad. Here's an essay. Maybe that'll tell me what I was already thinking. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. You make the decision. Your brain makes the decision before you. you That's do right. It. That's right. Is it's funny? Yeah. I got a, there was a, multiple times in college where I got that thing of like from a, an adult or something where like oh part of school is like you get to get a, a broader perspective and and teach people to read like conservative pieces of news and things like that everyone should be doing that that's what it means to live in like a, a democracy and in a civil society and I'm like is that now that must be like an antiquated that's now considered cringy yeah like that is no one is saying that anymore that's soy and no one's doing that siloed off yeah yeah you need to get re-educated you know what That's I'm right. saying? You need to go into the countryside and yeah. get a re-education. That's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, um, I mean, it's kind of germane. I was, I had a point about that, why it's cringy, but uh, maybe rel- is real relevant. Joe Rogan's can. Joe Rogan's at, at war with Spotify in a in a in an ideological war. Yeah. And and, and you know who has entered the <laughs> ring? A new challenger has entered new the ring. Challenger. Neil Young <gasps> and Joni Mitchell. And sweet Joni Mitchell. They should do MMA. Sweet. They should do MMA. <laughs> yes, that's how they should settle it. <laughs> MMA with Joe Rogan. They've entered and they're exchanging blows in the ring. These titans of Spotify. Yeah. Uh, Neil Young said, if, if Joe Rogan's going to say vaccine misinformation, I'm leaving. I'm going to Amazon. Amazon Music. And then what a soy position. <laughs> soy Wait, position. Is that true? He left for Amazon Music? Yeah, he was like, you guys should check out Amazon. Unbelievable. Yeah. God. Well, that's so funny because the point I was about to make was like, Neil Young's being kind of random. Yes, I agree. <laughs> like, I agree. Are you serious? This is the stand you want to take? Like against Joe Rogan doing vaccine? Oh, this is the stand that you want to take? <laughs> it's against Joe Rogan doing vaccine ma- misinformation? Um, I kind of get, I do get it. It is like an epic proportion of podcast listens are Joe Rogan and vaccine misinformation is a big deal. So it's not like an esoteric issue, but like that's not gonna, it's too late. Yeah. Well, right. Th- Cats yeah. out. 
Cats, cats out. out of the bag. Cats it's out. true. You're not. No one's cats out of the bag. Vaccines don't work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. And you're not going to be able to trick the people. Yeah, once Joe Rogan said yeah. it, it's yeah. Can't no, put you the toothpaste back. Raisin Man. You don't take Raisin Man down. <laughs> you think that they would? T- Spotify would take us down before Neil Young. Um, right. If we started saying vaccine misinformation, I think Neil Young would leave Spotify if we started saying <laughs> vaccine misinformation. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, it's also funny the proportion, like like who Neil Young is and who Joe Rogan is, because I don't even think of them as existing in the same universe. Yes, that's you know, right. And they have, it's just like, oh, Neil Young is like entering, he's like, he feels like he's entering a headline in, in a way he shouldn't be. It's like, no one... Like, Neil Young, you should just be a part of history in the past. You know, like, you're not... Joe Rogan is, like, so much more relevant to what's going on right now. That's than right. Yeah. Did we talk about this? You're going to get your ass handed to you, old man. <laughs> no, you don't know what you're doing, man. <laughs> you're coming... You're coming to bring a knife gonna, to a gunfight. They're going to take you out in a stretcher, my man. <laughs> <laughs> is that sad? Well, because... Did we talk about this last podcast? No? What? This uh, issue? No, I mean, it's new. I think it only oh, happened this it, week. It's, it happened, like, last Tuesday. I'm or, like... Right. Well, because here's what happened, is that... Neil Young didn't say, take my stuff off because of Joe Rogan. He was like, you need to, Spotify, you have to do something about the vaccine information or take my music off. And they were like, oh, okay, yeah, we'll take your music off in the morning. Um, Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) And that's funny to me that Neil Young woke up and he was like, I'm somebody. People care about me. I have this influence in the world. And if I just tell Spotify to do this, they'll do it. Well, the thing is that, Joe Rogan has like a deal with Spotify where they're yes, paying him a yes, ton of money, yes, yes. I guess, to have a monopoly on his podcast episode. The and most popular podcast in the world. Yes. And <laughs> so. and they I think they're trying to make this podcast thing happen, but it's not really like working so well. They have these other I think that I think they also have the Obama podcast and stuff, but it's like not doing <laughs> as well as so it's like they need him more than he needs them. Um and and they are they seeked out Joe Rogan to do this deal. Neil Young, he was on there already. They're not paying him a bajillion dollars. I mean, and and also, there's another thing. I think that people make those kinds of decisions when there's another like reason that it was already a good decision to make. He was in a bad mood. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he woke up on the wrong side of the bread. I just think he probably was like, he was like, okay, I'm going to go to Amazon anyways. Why not do it with style? <laughs> he probably, yeah. He probably read. He was like he's like any old person. You read one article about it, and you then it becomes your issue because you have a a, me, a memory. Uh, you know, you have a short term memory of like twenty seconds, and you're like, you're really grumpy, and you tell your your poor assistant to do something, and then he's probably regretted it now. You know, you think Neil Young regrets it? I think Some, it someone really said, affects him. Someone said Taylor Swift could end Joe Rogan with like a sing single tweet. And no, it was she, like no, she couldn't. But it's different fan bases. No, she could no, not. She, I guess the idea was like, oh, if she decided if she to take her music, oh, I see. But it's funny because I I read this article that was like, oh, Spotify is like different than uh, these other platforms that um, have had the same kind of thing because like it re- it re- it re- relies on a subscriber base. And people don't unsubscribe from things like as as often as more easily than like uh, than just like not listening to someone's work or something like that because it's a, it's annoying to unsubscribe. So they're not like beholden the way like um, Facebook is. Or and also, like if you that. don't subscribe to Spotify, you can listen to the episode still just with ads. Yeah. Yeah. So 
Yeah. Like when the Dave Chappelle thing happened with Netflix last year, no, but Netflix didn't see a drop in subscriptions at all. Do you know this for a fact? Yeah. How do you know? Because I read an article about the Joe Rogan thing. Oh, 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 so, oh, an article. Uh, Fuck. so, uh, <laughs> yeah, um, yes, <laughs> what they're worried <laughs> about, what they're worried about is losing subscribers and people aren't going to like unsubscribe because it's annoying. Something really bad would have to happen. Yeah. Well, what connects us all back to the bureaucracy subject at the beginning is that, um, when I saw this news, I was like, oh, I feel like one of the motivations for Spotify to not take the Joe Rogan stuff down is just um, their total inability to handle this kind of free speech issue. Like, they don't have anybody working there who's, like, able to wade into these waters and figure that out. It's already, right. like, complicated for anybody, Facebook. And, you know, and Facebook's so amazing, but it's hard for them even to figure out these free speech issues. And, like, Spotify's just like, no, fuck no. We don't have a, we don't have a guy to figure that out. That's like, right. And they're a young, Swedish yeah. company. So they, don't, they can't even wade into the waters of the American culture war to begin with. Yeah. No, no. That's Spotify. They're yeah. Spotify. <laughs> listen yeah. to us on Spotify. There's their coddled minds, you know. They only know uniculture, monoculture. Exactly. That's right. And, exactly. and, 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 and like free healthcare and other kinds of social They're safety. over in their monoculture like, what? Joe Rogan and Neil Young don't like each other? Get along? No, those guys have don't some virulent Nazis yeah. in their culture. Yeah. So it's not like, you know, they know they know what it's like to have a culture divided between nice. But it's not the same. It, waiting to the American culture war is like jacking into the Ready Player One universe. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like everyone's yeah. armored up and has yeah. mega weapons, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's true. <laughs> they couldn't understand the what poor that's Poor European like. minds. Yeah. They're just le- even learning about race, you know, like right now. They're kind mm-hmm. of discovering it still. Mm-hmm. In the UK, did the police still just have sticks? They don't I, go around with I, guns. I think cons- the constables. The I think <laughs> they do have. I think they do have swatted out police over there. Okay. I've seen videos of yeah, swatted the, out police. Yeah, it's true. But the night watchmen, who I think are like a kind of street level, that they, they like walk around. And they don't have guns. They don't have guns. They just yeah. Really? They hit you with yeah. a stick. They could just give you a warning well, slap. You yeah. think that it's like oh they just have a stick, but they know like really insane martial arts <laughs> with a stick, and they fuck you up. And and they also they only use it on children, like little street <laughs> urchins yeah. and stuff. So it's not it's not humane. It's a poor little starving child who's trying to steal an apple from yeah. a cart. It really hurts. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean, you'd think okay, Neil Young, pff, he can't he doesn't have the you know, he doesn't have the sauce. But now him and Joni Mitchell. He's got the sauce. Have you heard um the song about how rock and roll will never die? What? I actually th- this is this is getting kind of embarrassing to admit, but like I don't harvest really know moon? his music. Sugar Mountain? What's his like favorite? Wait, on this Harvest Moon. Yep, that's him. That's him. That's his big That's, that's a big interesting. Song. That's kind of a sweet, soft song. For some reason, I imagine that he was like a little more rock and roll. Uh, he's a sweetie. He's Neil a sweetie. Young, Neil Diamond, and there's another guy that I always confuse them with. Neil Gaiman. Neil Armstrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, that guy. No, there's like a third musician that I'm like. Um, oh, what's the working class hero? Bruce Springsteen. Bruce yeah, Springsteen. All those three to me, I like mix in my brain as <laughs> like one guy. Hmm. They're okay. the same guy to me. Well, it's. I was thinking the the head of Spotify is a a bald white guy, uh-huh. and Joe Rogan's a bald white guy, mm, and then there was an image where there were two of them. 
they've been pasted in the article like near next to each other due to images and I was like everybody in this story looks the same <laughs> <laughs> every player in this story this couldn't happen in Japan yeah. in Japan Remember when we were watching that Japanese game show that it was like, okay, it's the most famous comedians in Japan, like 15 guys, all men, put them in a room, and they can't laugh. Remember I that show? I don't know if I've... S- oh, maybe I have You never watched that? Jesse Warner-Ritt was really into it. They put them all in a room, and they're in there, and the person who's laughs last, like who lasts the longest without laughing, wins all the money. And uh, they're all trying to make each other laugh because they're comedians. And they're like introducing all these people who are like cultural touchstones in Japan. And I don't, I'm not familiar with any of them. And then um, they introduce this like bald comedian guy. And they cut to like uh, talking head confessional interviews with the other comedians. And they're like, a bald guy? What are we, women and children? We're not going to laugh at a bald guy. Um, and they just have this like. I love learning about other cultures yeah. <laughs> and the <laughs> like, strange. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that just really made me laugh. That I was like, really? men men won't laugh at a man who has no hair. But women and children. But women will. and children will. And it's like it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like this is this is baby this is baby food. You're bringing a bald guy thinking that. Yeah. 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 That's a man funny. doesn't laugh at a bald man. Um, so this is just to say that if Jeff Bezos lives in Japan, we wouldn't be in this situation. Because oh, because he's bald, because so he's bald. B- no one would laugh him. at him. Yeah, and people wouldn't laugh at him, and and you have to be able to make people laugh and. Wait, Jeff Bezos? Isn't he bald? Yeah, but... That's not who we're talking about, I know. No, okay, I see, okay. But I'm just making connections. Ah, I we're talking about see. bald people. Yeah, bald people. That's a right? t- topic sentence, bald people. <laughs> <laughs> hmm, who else is bald? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Joe Rogan can't be stopped. All right, we got Eternal Family TV in the chat. That's right. What's up? Talking about who's Canadian. Canadian. Everyone in the chat, list, list, <laughs> list the person who's Canadian. Simeon is saying, I think Felipe would like Neil Young because Neil Young sings badly. Roasted. Roasted. See, man, do I like people who sing badly because I like kind of avant-garde acts, or because you don't respect the music that I like? (laughs) Uh, Now we wait for the answer. And anyone can name a famous comedian. Any Canadians legends in the chat? Jim Carrey. Laird. Alexander Laird is another Canadian (laughs) legend. Sarah Hennessy. That's right. I Mike Myers. About the Joe Rogan podcast, every time I've I've listened to snippets of it, I do really enjoy it. Yeah, you oh, know, yeah. I think Can I say that on this podcast. <laughs> no. He he has like a lovely like open mind where he knows nothing about the world I, I, and he's infinitely that's cool. curious. I think, that's cool. I think that's true. I I feel like there's a level 1 level 2. Okay, level 1 basic stuff is like Joe Rogan's bad. He brings on, you know, bad people onto his podcast who are like, you know, vaccine lies and right-wingers or whatever. Level 2 is the, you know, when Bernie went on everyone's like, but Joe Rogan speaks to people and he like actually like, you know, people listen to him and he's like curious and he's open-minded and actually like you're, you know, it's like retrograde to like, you know, write him off cuz he likes MMA cuz of these cultural signifiers and you're like you've decided what you think about him before blah 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 blah. blah. Level 3, he does bring on he like uh, under the guise of open-mindedness, he does like he has, I think, a flimsy I- ideological argument. Where under the guise of open-mindedness, he just brings on sort of like boilerplate, like right-wing people, and like makes shitty arguments about um, politics that are like easily disprovable, and actually doesn't have doesn't have a truly like pluralistic. Um, I mean, he had Bernie on sure, but like when you compare it to the number of like you know, right-wingers that he has, and maybe the left-wingers he has are people who are, like, love, you know, beloved by right-wingers for, like, you know, being critical of, like, liberals and stuff, but not people who are, like, ideologically serious or even, like, ideologically challenging from the left. So I think that's, like, level three is, like... But also, it's... He's he's not, like... 
he's not like a light mm-hmm. of uh, you know of like pure debate that like can't take place in america i think actually yeah. he brings on people who are quite like um orthodox in their sort of like assessment of of like leftism and um and the quite orthodox orthodox to them right you know or like, like right-wing orthodoxy like mm. like like the kinds of the kinds of things you can expect from like conservative commentators online and and those outnumber greatly the left-wingers and and make and they make arguments that are um flimsy and like unconsidered and not so interesting could be yeah i, I i'll I send mean, you an article i'll send you an article all right, send me an article i mean if ultimately if the argument comes down to like a numbers game it's like how many left wingers does he bring on versus how many right wingers he brings on like i'd be willing to buy like sure maybe he brings on more white ring people to me what unifies his guests is like they're they would be the length of conversation, which is, would be unpalatable to any other kind of media, hmm. and the fact that they often would not have a mainstream platform. Um, con- but but I'll send you. I'll send you. Do you guys you know this guy Freddie DeBear? No. No. He he's DeBear. De, it's DeBoer, but he like he's this leftist who's also, also you know gotten into like fights because he's very critical of like liberal you know media and like orthodoxy. But he has a good he had a good article where he's like he's like yeah Joe Rogan has this like this this fame for being like pluralistic or whatever. But actually like the people he has on are pretty like consistent and um and like not challenging and say things that are like pretty stupid. Um, and he's coming at it for his like big thing is like Marxism. He's like a very orthodox Marxist and he's like he should have like weird Marxist thinkers on there who like actually challenge him rather than people who come on and go like Marxism is when someone else pays for your lunch or whatever and that's his argument which I think is compelling mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's more of a level three thing where he's like acknowledging what's like annoying about the criticism. Yeah, but I'm also hearing what Sam's saying which is that he has kind of a sweet Pete Holmesian personality. I like ultimately. him. I like his interviewing style personally <laughs> because it is it's unguided by any. Or it seems he doesn't. It's he truly like if he does. I I believe that he doesn't have an agenda only in the sense that I don't think it would be possible for him to keep an, an idea in his head for long <laughs> enough to insist on it throughout a three hour long mm. interview. He's 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 like ADHD. He's sort of he goes down little rabbit holes. He's on constantly confused about what's being said. Uh, it's beautiful. Really? It's, like, it's like a beautiful child learning something. <laughs> and and I'm you know I'm sort of speaking about him diminutively on purpose. But like it is fun to see like an interviewer like truly struggling to get what someone's saying and then like change the topic to be about like the strength of apes or the type of chemicals you should be taking to maximize <laughs> your, your muscle build and things like that. And it's, it's like really lovely and, and uh, it feels like a conversation, like mm. a conversation you'd have with, with a regular person, you know, but it's three hours long. And I think that that's like, I think there's, that can be a disarming kind of platform for which to hear out someone's ideas because to talk to someone for three hours is like most people have been gotten famous online for having one specific argument that they have and they can say that thing in three minutes 
and that that's their that's their hustle, and they write articles about that all day long. And they you ask them the counter arguments against it, and then they defend against the yeah. common counter arguments. But if you talk yeah. about a thing for three hours, you're gonna start talking about you're some gonna start shit talking that, crazy. You're gonna you, start exactly. You're gonna say some shit you don't really believe in. Yeah, yeah, you get loopy. Say some stuff you don't really know about. It's, <laughs> and that's it's fun. You need it's to get cool. to the stuff it's you're cool. Know about. Yeah, yeah. The <laughs> you enter a Dorvay's Dorvay's <laughs> state between wake and sleep. <laughs> Interesting. Fair enough. Fair enough. I was listening to the episode that he had um, Jordan Peterson on, and I was—I've said this to you guys, but I listened to Jordan Peterson talk for one second, and I thought I sound just like this guy. (laughs) (laughs) There's this video of him, like he's—I don't even know what he's talking about, but he's like. Everybody's cracking up, and everyone's and all everyone was cracking up, and it's a big crack up, and that's the totalitarianism. And I was like, I just, I'm this guy. <laughs> like, he's me. That's funny. That's so funny. Like, just this. I'm gonna be wearing a suit to a, a suit and bow tie to a podcast when I'm yeah, in my fifties. That's awesome. I am <laughs> um, so excited for Scary Car to come out. Yeah, me too. It. I think it's really good. I'm excited too. And believe it or not, I got a producer credit on it. Sarah's, <laughs> Sarah's about to get huge off of this. <laughs> so I'm about to get huge off this. Um, I just watched it last night. I got the, the latest. You hadn't seen me. it? I saw it throughout the edit, but I never got to see the final, the color corrected version. What do so, you think? <laughs> I love it. I really love it. I think it's so perfect. Scary Car is Simple Town's next movie. And it's going to be screening live. So it's not going to be online for a while, but it's going to be screening live February 11th on eternal.tv and apps. For $5, subscribe. You have to and subscribe you get for all their stuff. And look, you can pay the $5. You'll and, love it. I'm sorry, Drew. You can pay $5. And then you can unsubscribe. If you don't want to keep being subscribed, you just watch <laughs> the thing. But you should stay subscribed because there's stay a lot of good stuff. There's good stuff on there. I watch Eternal Family. Yeah. And then. <laughs> Drew, Drew's forging a deal with Joe Rogan yes. as we speak <laughs> <laughs> for exclusivity. <laughs> and then. On February 18th? Yes. At Life World at 10 p.m.? Yes. Oh, Simple wow. Town is going to be screening oh, it along with some other videos, along with wow. perhaps my new animation. Oh. I have an, an unreleased and animation. Klesgamer? Mia. With Simeon. I think. I haven't gotten to confirm that he wants to do it, okay. but and I'm telling you now on air, Simeon, that we are doing the screening. Someone messaged the Life World account and asked if they could screen their video at your event. So I'll send you it to No you. way. Yep. Someone I know? I, I don't think so. Someone new in town who's looking for Someone friends. we like? I, they came to town. town with a little video in their suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Someone. I'm not trying to come for them. I don't know if they listen to my podcast or Is not. it someone who like um, came from? No, it was just, this never happened before. It, but it sort of makes sense. I think it's just someone who just has moved to New York City and saw that we're doing a screening and is like, oh, well, can I be in the screening? <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I admire fair enough it. Hustle, hustle, king. Yeah, shark yeah. brains, shark mindset. Yeah. Damn. Sorry. It makes a noise. Please, Sam, please, can I do it? It, it makes a noise. Warning. That's your first warning. Please. That's your first warning. I want to do it. Don't make me do a second warning. We got to get a huge table and then mics that come down from the ceiling yes. around those cranes. Oh, please. We yeah. got to get that. Please. Huge windowless room. Please. Yes. We gotta get a big birthday cake with a big American flag in the back and like neon lit floors and stuff like that. Anyway, Scary Car, I love. It's very funny. It is scary. I know. I've been surprised when people. It's funny or it feels so creative to me and so like um, within the universe of what's funny about scary movies, but like just really, it's really smart. Yeah. Wow. It's very good. 
I yeah, love it. I and think, I love the way it's shot. Yeah. I think what we did, I think we talk about with Will this a lot that like horror comedy is a genre that we don't maybe love. No, the it's way bad. It's, done. it's bad. Yeah. And I think personally that we did it in an interesting way. Really interesting. Yeah. Right? Right. <laughs> Yes. Well, because yeah. usually horror comedy is like really campy, over the top. Right. The characters are really ridiculous. Your characters are very, pretty naturalistic, very naturalistic. Right. And like the jokes come from just the conversation and improvisational sounding style of it. Um, but then there's also some funny bits in it. I won't get into it. But and it's not parody. The car. It's not parody. That really makes me laugh. It's not parody. It's right. Not We're not cheap. doing a Blair yeah. Witch parody. Yeah. It's its own thing. That's right. I think it's. Scary car. Peace. You can't spell scary without car. I I like that as a tagline, and then I also like ghosts are real and aliens are ghosts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All lines that were written on the fly. <laughs> we didn't write any script for it. Yeah, Can as you a way, that? it was a way. It was a group um, exercise so that to heal you guys. No script, no plan. Yes, just creation. And just it, and it really vibes. Worked. Yeah, and it worked perfect. Oh, and you guys had a show at Union Hall. What'd you think? I thought it was good. I thought it was good. Yeah. I thought it was good. Yeah. It was, uh, I don't know. It was good. I think people enjoyed it. People enjoyed it. People liked it. Well, you were there. I was there. How, what did you I think? was there, but I was like. Be honest. What did you think? I was on one. I what like. you were on I'd one? had a long day. It was a big snow day in New York City, if you're not based in New York. And it was, the only way to get around was slushing really quickly through the snow and burning a lot of calories mm-hmm. uh, and energy. And I just had a long day and then I needed to like get to the show and I had like, it was like a 45 minute walk and I had like 30 minutes to get there because I knew you guys were going to start on time. And so I'm like, I hadn't eaten and I was like rushing through the snow. I was sweating. I was so hot. And I got into the venue and I was like, I think I'm going to pass out. Oh God. So then I just sat down on that couch and just listened and kind of like looked around like... Oh, so I f- I've in. been, I've done that because in that, there's not, you can't always sit in that spot. You can't and always sit. You know, it gets really tiring to stand it for an hour. It gets really tiring to stand, especially got to laugh too. And so, and I ordered a, a Beyond Burger and I sat on the couch, but I was listening and I got to, Sam would sometimes come and stand in the back and I got to see him back there. <laughs> Your friend Matt came. Anyway, we're getting a little, this is a little post podcast chat really. Yeah. Um, but you like, but I guess, I guess you can't really say whether or not you liked it because a lot of the jokes you got to see them. They're visual. I liked it. Um, but I remember Will told me that you'd written a new sketch that he was like, oh, Sarah, you're really going to love this one. And I m- must have missed whatever it was. Wait, the sketch, <laughs> that, the sketch that I wrote? Yeah, what, what was the sketch that you wrote? I'm, that's funny that he thought you would like that sketch. That's what he said. What was it? I wrote the one about the detective who notices little details. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was really excited for it, but it kind of didn't hit. We fucked up the lines. <laughs> we fucked up the lines, yeah. So Flippy won't yeah. say it outright, yeah. but that, that <laughs> but was it, the oh, problem. That's sweet of you to, to be like, oh, who knows why? Yeah, <laughs> who knows why? Yeah, no yeah. one knows. There's a mystery. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I fucked up my entrance, and Will said, I, he- I think I hear a knocking. Yeah, well, I was like, oh, is Felipe waiting for us to say these, these, these information lines, lines <laughs> so he can come out? Which I was, but in my head, I was like, that's a bad move to make, you know, if, yeah. you, if you know your people on stage have forgotten the lines. Yeah. And then I came on and I had to say lines that you guys had to explain the premise <laughs> wow. of the sketch. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> wow, but you're such a versatile, like, yeah. uh, nimble comedian. On the fly. Well, you guys started doing slapstick in the sketch. You guys or started slapping. fighting each other. Slapping. Is that not a lesson? It wasn't happen? part of the sketch, but wow. then... <laughs> I did not write this. <laughs> Everybody was laughing. Everyone was laughing. Everybody was cracking up and my sketch, <laughs> it had legs. 
No, but I think, you know, you got to do them. You got to do the sketches a couple of times before you get them down. Plus, we didn't really get to rehearse the show. No, well, we never do that. Sometimes we rehearse. Sometimes. This time we didn't really rehearse it. We were writing till the last minute. You should rehearse it. And we were in the Uber. Uber's going, you know, because the streets were covered in snow. So the Uber was going slow, rightfully. You don't want to get into an accident. But the Uber was going very slow. You know, it's just like, because you don't want the car to skid. Yeah. And we're in the Uber, and then I'm looking at the time. I'm a little nervous, and I go, hey, guys, I I think we might be there a little later. Uber driver goes, no, you're going to get there at this time. Like, what? that's the time it says. And then I thought, oh, I offended him. I didn't, I wasn't trying to offend him. I wasn't coming for yes, him. I was just you weren't coming for him. You're just saying facts. And that's naive of him to think that just because it says that time, if you're going half the speed limit, right. then you're not going to get there the time the app thinks you're going to get there. And I kept thinking, we're going to be there late and I'm going to, and I'm going to go and I'm going to think in my mind, I'm not going to say to the Uber driver, I told you so, but I'm going <laughs> to think it in my mind and I'm going to be mad that he challenged me like that's that. Funny. But we really did get there when he said we would. Wow. And I was looking at the clock. Wow. Wow. So do not come for him. No, no, no. Yeah. He was right. He knew. Yeah. He knew better than me. And your brain is f- just filled with these kinds of <laughs> petty, <laughs> petty <laughs> little, little interactions. I'm keeping count all is this day. A, are you saying, telling us this because this is a window <laughs> to your consciousness? <laughs> I just felt embarrassed because I was like, I'm not trying to come for you, sir. And now you've made me seem like I'm being mean to you. I'm just trying to keep the group. And so you're being mean to me, making me seem like I'm a mean guy. That wasn't when my When I'm intention. being a leader, I got to keep the group together. Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't think he remembers this moment <laughs> at all. He, he said it. <laughs> that interaction happened for him, and it, he just then it left his brain. He yes. thought about something else. Absolutely. And you brought it up on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think you're right about that. That's funny. Here's a random thing. So yesterday I saw that um, Alex Plappinger posted on Instagram that he's producing. Some, okay, here's what it says. A24, Braindead Studios, developing docu-series based on Joey Izzo's Sundance short. <laughs> Joey Izzo. So I see this headline. I got to read this article. What's that? Um, and so it's there. this is short that was premiering at Sundance um, called You've Never Been Completely Honest. Debuted at the 2022 Sundance. It featured the first-hand account of Gene Church, a participant in the Leadership Dynamics Institute, a secretive four-day leadership seminar in 1970 that was subject to accusations of physical torture and brainwashing. Whoa. That's a description of what happens in the short. I read this and I was like, I had to see this now. That's exactly the kind of shit that I'm fucking yeah. into. But it's not available to watch online. What and the I was hell? getting really pissed last night. And I was like, who do I have to text? Who do I have to call? Send me the Dropbox. I mean, I want to see it now. Talk to Alex. I know. Talk to Alex. But I wondered, can I just message Alex and be like, send me the, send me the Vimeo. <laughs> Are you guys buddies? Uh, Alex. He's or, not on the yeah. chat. <laughs> He's not on the chat. He's still no. sound asleep over there in LA. We've never met each other. We're just friends of friends. But maybe somebody else could get the link for me. If there's anyone in Raisin Nation who can get me that link, I think I really the, watch no one that in that chat could, but maybe me and Sam could. Are you and Sam? Yeah. Oh, yeah, maybe. you guys can get it. It's funny to, when you hear producers or people you, you are work with find out that they are working on other things. Because I always that hurts go... your feelings. <laughs> I always feel <laughs> like I'm being cheated on. Yeah, you're like, we're doing a thing. Yeah, yeah, our, yeah, and yeah, you yeah, should be yeah, thinking yeah, about yeah, that yeah, day yeah, in, yeah, day out yeah, the way yeah, I yeah, am. Yeah, you know, yeah. But you can't have other little projects. Drew, can you get that short on Eternal Family? So then I could see it. Because I have a lifetime subscription. You do? Mm-hmm. From doing a video for them? 
I think so. I Wait, think so. If you do a video for them, you have lifetime. I think so. Because I mean, you're about to do. We didn't do a video for them, but we did a video on their platform, yep. and I'm paying. There you go. We'll see. No, there you go. No, that goes goes counter to what you're saying. <laughs> so there you go. It's so not an example <laughs> example of the thing you're saying. So no, exactly. there, you, there you go. Each no, what you just said. <laughs> no, it's the opposite of I what you were saying. What you just said. <laughs> Only what you just said. <laughs> did you guys catch this? Watch the Civil Dead. Yes, we did. We did. We watched it last we night. We watched it last night. Very cool. Love that ending. That ending really. The Civil Dead. Um. Um. Can I think? About th- I think Drew's that short that yeah. I want. Yeah. Drew, get the short yeah. <laughs> to Sarah now. <laughs> I really felt angry. I'm so used to like anything you want to watch. You know, it's like, what do I have to pay? $14.99? Right. I want to watch it. What do I have to it's do? True. Illegally download it? What do I have to do? I, I want it, it now. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's her name? Pissed me off. Um, Violet or... Um, Vi- Ver- Veronica... Ver- Gloop. Not Gloop. That's Augustus Gloop. No, Augustus Gloop. Viola? No, Violet's the one that turns blue. The rich She's girl. A, I want a party. I want a golden goose. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh-huh. I'll hook you up, Felipe says Drew. Hook me up, too. Hook me That's up, too. Up. Oh, up. No, let oh, them. Oh. They have the money. Let them no, it's true. I do have the money. I can pay. I can yeah. pay, Drew. I can contribute. But a lifetime? You don't know what your the state of your finances will be. (laughs) (laughs) You're living in a garret, and you and your and your bank account is slowly depleting. And you go, why? Why is this? When the apocalypse comes, your lifetime subscription to Eternal Family may be the last thing that you trade away for food. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's true. It's true. It's worth. It's weight in gold. Appreciable resource. Appreciable. I, we got it, but we got to get that clock up on the screen. It used to be on the screen, and it's not there it's anymore. Nine thirty-six, and I think we started at at thirty-eight. At thirty-eight. Okay. So we got, we got two, two blissful minutes. minutes. So let me look. I wrote down a list of ideas of what to talk about, which I used to do in the early days of the podcast. Yeah, no longer. And which we're now doing. Felipe's refusing to comply. <laughs> um, no comply. I have written down. Here's a word. Auto fiction. (laughs) (laughs) We got to stop talking about these Gia Tolentino ass topics. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I read that just as a joke. Um, (laughs) Frankly, I don't even really understand what that means. (laughs) I was Um, auto fictioning last night. That's right. Yeah, I was. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on on auto Um, fiction right after the show. Then I've written down funniest show on television Stath Let's Flats. <laughs> so this is a conversation we're supposed to have, or yep. And then I have um, some of these are too too much to get into. Then I've written down smiling friends. I watch more episodes. <laughs> I'm not sure about it. Really? That's yeah. Fine. Oh, there's this really funny joke. I'm not sure. it's, not it's not perfect. It's not perfect, but perfect. it's but you know it's not perfect, but it's good. Yeah, it is I, good. It is good. It's good. Let me see what I've written here. Um. Militia members in the woods. Oh, there was an article about um, this guy in the FBI who, uh, it was like a Rolling Stone article about this guy in the FBI who was infiltrating uh, like right-wing militias. And, oh God, now I have to deliver something with this anecdote I started telling. Mm. And, well, you know, (laughs) it was interesting. Uh, (laughs) It was really cool. What was interesting about it, Felipe? <laughs> There's a blue jet that we Yeah, we could start window. noticing things in the room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what do we talk about in Raising Man? Think, think, a uh, cup. <laughs> um, all right, folks. Well, it's 9 38. 
Yeah, that's enough. Yeah. Get me the link to that video and have a wonderful Wednesday. Have a wonderful Wednesday. Sam? I'm really hungry. I can't wait to eat breakfast. So, Raisin Man Arena.